Numbers chapter 13, we are involved, last week we got started, in a line-by-line study of chapter 13. Might do some other things too tonight. Let me find my notes real quick. So, uh, I love, you know, just about better than I love anything is getting in that anointing where there's revelation. And I've been there before. That's not the only time that I have been there. And, um, uh, and so as we press into that anointing corporately and Kevin does his part and the girls do their part and uh, then we will uh, and we do our part and respond. We've got a this is a you know, this is like a volleyball game. If Kevin hits the ball and we don't return it, how many of you know it's a dead ball? Amen. And so we have to hit it back and then he and we're just, you know, it's like that. And that's how prayer is supposed to be, too, when we do corporate prayer. You know, it's supposed to be a, a back and forth thing. And I've played before when I've prayed before when I had to do all the doing because nobody would hit it back to me. So, you know, so I'm explaining it to you. Amen. Praise God. And pretty soon you wear out when nobody will when, when nobody'll volley with you. It's called volley. You know, well, I don't know what it's called in the kingdom, but that's how I see it, you know. Hallelujah. Have you ever felt like nobody had hit the ball back? It feels like volleyball. It's hard work, isn't it? It's hard work, but it's so easy when it goes like this, you know. Hallelujah. And we cooperate with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. And we're back and forth. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you that we have been in your presence. And Lord, it was sweet to us. We just tell you, thank you. Thank you for touching us. Thank you for visiting us. Thank you your presence is here. And thank you that revelation is here tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you unfold your word to us. And Lord, we will eat it and it will be sweet like the honeycomb. Lord, we just give you praise and thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. I believe we're starting in verse 7 tonight. We got about that far the other day. Actually, we pretty well did verse 7, but we'll start there for clarity. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. Mm, I see what you mean, Pastor. (laughs) He said it was my fault, didn't he? No, was that not y'all? That was somebody else that he told that I was the one that got him started saying poor instead of poor. And I said, no, it was you <laughs> because you, are, you were Air Force and you traveled all over the world and you didn't because <laughs> you learned to say that wrong. That's wrong, you know. It's poor, isn't it? Poor is Job's turkey. I heard that all my life. Poor is... Anyway, he that maketh himself rich yet hath nothing. There, that, I told y'all y'all was going to get revelation tonight. <laughs> there is that maketh himself rich yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor yet hath great riches. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we talked about last week how um, that um, we talked how um, that we actually can empty out financially and yet be really rich because we have we have we have heavenly treasure and so the world might say man you're poor because you don't have any money in the bank but i say no i'm rich because i got a heavenly account and yet there might be a man that had great money in the bank but he's got his uh laid up where moth and rust doth corrupt maybe he had it invested in enron boy moth and rust corrupted it didn't it amen Moth and rust and man's greed. 
corrupted that. So I, you know, pity the man that had money there. It's gone, isn't it? It's gone. And so we, you can make yourself rich and be very poor. God can be up in heaven saying, Oh, my Lord, they've got their money in Enron. They are so poor and they don't even know it. And then yet there can be... Uh, and you know, a lot of times Christians can be so rich and not really know it because they don't have revelation. They've really sown and given. Given and loved God with their giving, but not have revelation. We need to have revelation that we have riches in heaven, that we have a heavenly depository, that you have bank accounts in heaven. Amen? And it's multiplying. It's not just getting 7% interest in heaven. It's multiplying. Amen? And you know what? This is what we've not thought, though. We've thought, we've, real, we've said, okay, but I'm, when I get to heaven, I'll get a reward for it. But we can draw on our heavenly accounts anytime. We make deposits, we make de withdrawals. How do we do it? We do it with our mouth and with our faith. Amen? I believe I receive when I pray. Amen? Amen. That's how we do it. Go on on to verse 8. The ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor heareth not rebuke. You know, I want to talk here for a few minutes, and we'll probably say some, several things about this tonight. You know, when there's, uh, when, there's, when there's poverty, there's a reason. Sometimes we just get to thinking, you know, it's like, okay, uh, you know, you were born into poverty. But even in India, where there's great poverty, or third world nations where there's great poverty, you know, somebody's prospering over there. And you know what? Anybody can. There's always a way to prosper in God. The faith message was not just written for the United States of America. Amen? You can prosper anywhere. I don't care where God puts you. You know, sometimes even pastors get it in their minds. Well, you know, I can't prosper because I'm pastoring in little Podunkville, 2,500 people or something. But God just would be, wouldn't be just if that was true. Amen. We can prosper anywhere God puts us. Amen. We can prosper any, you know, we can prosper if we live in Bibb County. We can prosper if we live in Tuscaloosa County. We can prosper if we live in Mississippi, God forbid. Amen. How Even New Mexico. We, the, the license plates say the land of enchantment. We call it the land of disenchantment. Cause we, we lived by there. We can say that. I have to, so when I say that, I have to look and see if Leanne, because she's raised there. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, but uh, you can prosper in New Mexico. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So the rich, it, it says the poor heareth not rebuke. They're not, they don't like to be corrected. They don't receive correction. Amen. Verse 9, the light of the righteous rejoiceth, but the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. You know, when you're righteous, things are getting brighter and brighter for you. I don't care what you feel like tonight, things are brighter and brighter for you. Amen. You're the lights coming on more and more. Amen. But I'm telling you, for the wicked, it's getting darker and darker. If they think it's bad now, just wait till next year. If they think next year's bad, just wait till the year after that. It's getting darker and darker for the wicked, and it's getting brighter and brighter for you. I want to tell you, if you're in a, a sticky situation, uh, maybe you're going through a trial that the devil has thrown, you've got brightness on you. Amen? Your future is bright. Your future is bright. Amen? Verse 10, only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Have you been encountering contention? 
The root of contention is pride. This helps to know what the root is. Amen? Got contention in the marriage? The root is pride. Got contention at the workplace? The root is pride. Amen? It helps to know what we're dealing with. Amen? So we'll go on from there. Verse 12. No, verse 11. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. You know, uh, I was trying to think of, well, like wealth gotten by vanity. And I was thinking, well, you know, some people get rich on their good looks. <laughs> that can change. Amen. Amen. That can, that can mm, do something different. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wealth gotten by vanity... Uh, shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor. That word labor, if you look it up, another way you could interpret it is the open hand. Wealth got gathered by the open hand shall increase. When we sow and we have an open hand, amen, it, we could also interpret that two ways. We can interpret it the open hand, you know, to work. In other words, we put our hands to something and we work. And that's how the King James translators translated it, is labor, work. You know, amen. It increases. You can increase. See, you can increase your uh, income by work. But you have, but I'll tell you what, there's a limit if you're going to increase it by work. Because there's just so many hours in the day, the same for everybody. There's just so much strength in this body. And I'll tell you something else, this body will only go that hard for so many years. Amen. Hallelujah. And so there's a limit to how much I can increase my wealth by labor or by my hand. But there's no limit to how much I can increase my wealth by the open hand, by giving. Amen. And I don't care. This works for the 90-year-old woman that's in the nursing home. You know, they did a survey. You know, I, I didn't know a lot about Oral Roberts. when I My family totally ignored... Christianity when I was growing up. We did, we were, my parents were Christians, but they were backslid. And uh, I did, they did not take me to church. We were those Christians that went once every two months and hit it on Easter real regular, like, you know. And sometimes in between, because the, our next door neighbor was the organ, the piano player at the Baptist church. And we were Baptist in little town and so forth. I always wanted to go to church, but my parents were backslid. That was the problem. And, uh, my grandparents were very faithful and committed Christians and prayed for me. And my life is what it is because of my grandparents' prayers, my grandmother specifically. She had a big revelation of prayer. And so, and also all the, the other three grandkids also. Um, but anyway, uh, Oral Roberts, when I was growing up, you know, he was doing his tent crusades and he was just really getting started in the late 40s, I believe like 1948, is that correct? Somewhere in that vicinity, you know, and through the early 50s. I'm not that old though, 1948, y'all scratch that part. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, so, uh, so I read this though, and you know, and when I even grew up and, and as I was older, I heard people say, uh, accusingly about Oral Roberts, that he took little old widow people's money. You know, that he, you know, Oral Roberts got, was kind of the first that I know of, and I guess to have a big revelation, at least to spread it widely over TV, of seed faith. I, rem I know his book, The Miracle of Seed Faith, you know, is, was just such a revelation for its day. 
And so he, he was accused of taking little old widow lady's money. So somebody, I guess, got tired of hearing that. And uh, they, find, they, they got Brother Oral to give them a list of his like first getting started year's donor base. And they begin to research and find these little old ladies. And guess what? Of the ones that hadn't gone on to be with the Lord, they were all millionaires. See, the open hand and sewing will make a little old lady a millionaire. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now that's truth. That's truth. Okay, so let's go on now. Uh, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. That word hope there, I really would rather interpret it this way. And I wrote this in my Bible. Expectation. Expectation deferred maketh the heart sick. But the, when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. You know, sometimes we read this scripture, and I even have. And I've even said to myself, God, what's wrong with me today? <laughs> the reason I'm so ill, I'm not talking about sick ill. I'm talking about mad at the world ill or whatever you want to call it. The reason I'm in such a foul mood is because my hope has been deferred. The things I've prayed for, bless God, I'm just tired of waiting on it. And it's making my heart sick. And you know, I've read this scripture and thought, you know, it says that in the Bible that that's what will happen. I, I, I nearly claimed it. You know, it's kind of like... <laughs> I nearly have a right to this. Bless God, this is one of the promises, you know. But just because it says this in the Bible doesn't mean we have a right to let this happen. I want to tell you something. When our hope is being deferred by whatever, we don't have a right to get ill, to become in a bad mood to pout or whatever you do when you get in one of those moods. What we're supposed to do is press on through. Okay. When our hope is deferred, we're supposed to press on through till the next part of that verse, which says, but when the desire cometh, it's a tree of life. Amen? I was reminded of Habakkuk 2 where it says uh, about the vision, though it tarry, wait for it. Though it tarry, wait for it. It doesn't say if it tarries, you have a right to be in a be a bad mood Christian. You have a right to backslide. You have a right to get mad at God. It says, though it tarry, wait for it. Amen? And that's all it ever says. Turn over to Psalm 112. Well, I just flipped my Bible to it. That was supernatural. I nearly Amen. Joing. Must have been the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You always say, Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, though it tarry, wait for it. I don't have a right to be to have a sick heart because my hope's been deferred. Or my expectations been deferred. Sometimes I might be expecting the wrong thing. But more often than not, the devil has just slowed up the process. Or I'm out of timing of the Lord. You know, sometimes we, we get out of timing. Every time the Lord's ever spoke anything to me, I always thought it was today. I did. You know, God, you know, He spoke to me. 
I remember he spoke to me back in 95 when, uh, uh, actually about the same time we were here in Move. I heard the Holy Spirit just as clear as a bell when we went to that Mark Brzee prayer meeting, another one. It was a different Mark Brzee prayer meeting. Uh, but we went to it, and I heard the Holy Ghost. And this is before anybody ever preached on it. I'd never heard a preacher say it. And the Holy Spirit spoke up in my heart, and He said, Debbie, believe me for the double on everything you count as a blessing. I wrote that in my book, and I thought, whoa, I'm getting the double. Praise God. I, and I thought I was walking, I was going to have it the next day. And you know, that year just rocked along about the same, 95, not much different. 96 was hell on wheels. God lots of times gives you the good word uh, right before. It, it, you know what the good word God gives you is? It's either one of two things. It's either the rope to save you right before you drown. Or it's the rope to hang on to when the, when, the, when the whatever's coming comes. It's always one of those two things. Always. When somebody comes in and stands you up and prophesies to you, it's either you're either just about to go under for your last breath and God threw the lifeline. Something to hold on to. Something to catch on to. Or, get ready. I know that's not good news. But it's the truth. It is the truth. And so the Lord said, Debbie, He said, everything, here's how He said, everything you've counted as a blessing, double it. And so I thought, man, I got a good house. Double it. I got a real nice car. Double it. Praise God. We, we have a pretty good salary here. Double it. Ooh, I was excited. Woo! I was excited. Man, I was excited. The next year, we didn't have an income. I promise. They, I mean, we had money come in, but there was no guaranteed income for a traveling minister. Go to some churches, the offering's $200. I think that's about the least we ever got was $200. But you've got to not be in it for the money, you know. You're a hireling if you're in it for the money. So you just go and you preach and you believe God. Amen. You go, so then you go to a big church and you go, this is the catch-up church. Because look at all these people. No, that's not. I can tell you. The bigger the church, the littler the, little, the, little the offering. I don't know what they do in big churches. I think they all look at each other and say, he's going to give, he's going to give, she's going to give. But then you go to some little church like Clanton. I remember we went to Clanton. And man, we were believing God. And, and, and I'm telling you, Pastor Eric West, he just, I, I think that's the biggest offering we ever got. Amen. He, you know, he took what all his people gave and then added a bunch to it. Amen. Hallelujah. South Carolina, same way. Small church over in Jefferson, South Carolina. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, but I thought... When God spoke to me, whoo! But you know what? I just kept saying, "Bless God." God told me for, I had the double. That's, that's it, Bless God, I got the double. I confessed I had the double. I walked the floor and said I had the double. I thanked God for the double. I rejoiced over the double. I th praised Him for the double. Hallelujah. 
Well, then when we moved to Tuscaloosa, I had my, that house that God gave us in Tuscaloosa, and he, uh, he gave it to us practically. I mean, literally, we stuck out our hand and asked the builder for the keys. I've told you that story. But anyway, it was exactly double what we'd had in Seminole in cost. Exactly double. Exactly. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Amen. God blesses you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Huh? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. There's double. There is. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, lay hold of that. Lay hold of that. Say, I have double salary. Amen. Glory to God. Now, don't look at, don't, John, don't look at B.F. Goodrich when you say that. Keep right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. And that, that brings me to Proverbs chapter 3. I thought, Lord, you've been giving me things today that don't fit. But this fits right there, so we'll just go there. Proverbs chapter 3. You know, last night when we were in that service, um, I, I think the man that did the offering, uh, he used Proverbs chapter 3, which is one of my favorites, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Uh, I like, and he pointed out how great verse 4 was, and I thought, yeah, we do overlook that. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Hallelujah. Boy, what a promise. And then verse 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. And when he was just doing the offering, I heard the Holy Spirit. You know how the Holy Spirit will just accentuate something. He said, I just heard this so loud. Lean not. Lean not. Like, you know how God always says, fear not. Fear not. The angels always say when they come to visit people, fear not. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, lean not. Lean not. And I was thinking about, and um, I, I, I was going to do a demonstration I get in trouble if I demonstrate with the... <laughs> but, I, you know, um, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> praise God. But uh, lean not. You know, when we lean, we don't walk too well. When I, if I'm leaning, this is... If I'm leaning, this is... It's just say I'm leaning on my own understanding here. There's something wrong about there's something wrong about this. This actually doesn't feel very good either. It is so uncomfortable and it's not working well. When I'm leaning on my own understanding, the Lord said, "Lean not." When we when we begin and that's how we look in the spirit. When we start leaning on our own understanding, you know, we said the double, and I said double salary. If John Maroney's uh, mind went to B.F. Goodrich, he he did something like this in the spirit. Oh my! Don't do it. And, and, and some of you are like contorted in the spirit. You've been leaning on so many different things. And, 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 and what we got to do, the Bible says, in all our ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct our paths. We can walk straight if, we're walk, if we acknowledge Him. Amen. We can, walk, we can walk straight into the blessing of God if we'll acknowledge Him and not say, now, okay, my source is B.F. Goodrich. My source is Pfeiffer Wire. My source is Walmart. I, I don't know. I just don't want to make them my source. Amen. Amen. I don't even want to make this church my source. Never, never, never. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
When we were traveling, and oh no, when we first started the church the first year, Pastor Webb paid all the bills. We took him the offerings, and he paid the bills. He gave us a lump sum every month, and we had to pay uh, the, he paid the rent and all that kind of stuff, but we had to pay all the expenses for getting here and all that, and, and what was left we could use for our salary. And he told us right up front, lean not, don't lean on me. Don't lean on me. Acknowledge your ways. You better acknowledge Him. In other words, you better be believing God. You better be believing God. He tells His staff that. Don't depend on me for your salary. You better believe God. And they believe. They, don't, they get a salary. But you know, you, you're so limited if you, if you lean on that. And the, 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 whole, the whole kingdom of God is available to us. The whole place where there's no shortage or no lack are available to us. So we're not supposed to lean, are we? Proverbs chapter 13. So that fit there with the double. So when we say double, you have to... You, immediately you've got to get your mind right. Amen? Immediately you can't depend on whoever it is you work for. FHA? Okay, something... Same thing. <laughs> Farmer's home or whatever. He can't depend on them. Hallelujah. The government's not a good place to put your trust. Is it? It's not. Then B.F. Goodrich wasn't a good place to put your trust, was it? It wasn't a good place. Hallelujah. And hallelujah, Walter's got a... You know what though? And you know, Walter, you know, really don't even put your trust in I'll be supplied if I, when I have a job. Now believe for a job, but don't put your trust there. Because God don't really have to have a job to supply you. If you'll trust Him, if you'll believe in this transition, just like we did, we had a transition. In the, the traveling time for us was just a transition. That's all it was. We couldn't, we couldn't, we couldn't come to Tuscaloosa because we hadn't really heard of Tuscaloosa. Now, I mean, God could have sovereignly walked in the bedroom like He did Brother Hagen, and we could have had an open vision. And he could have said, go to Tuscaloosa, plant a church. I'll tell you why he didn't. I'll tell you why he did it the way he did. It was my fault. It was my fault. Number one, it was like, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, okay? God, this little storefront church thing, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, don't want to do it again. And the second thing was, Patrick Norris said to us, he said, <clears throat> he said, because uh, we talked with him about we know we're supposed to move, but what are we supposed to do? You know, we're, we're feeling out the will of God, figuring out the will of God. He said, well, just move on out here to Birmingham. And just see what God will do. And I said, uh-uh. Uh-uh. I said, and it wasn't a money thing. You know what it was? I said to my husband, I said, I am not getting up in front of my people in Seminole, Texas, and tell them, we're leaving y'all, but we don't know where we're going or why. I'm not telling them that. When I tell them I'm leaving them, I'm going to have a good reason to be leaving them. And that's what I told him. And so... God said, okay, forget the angel thing. Forget the open vision. She's not going to cooperate. <laughs> Amen. 
So we're going to have to have a transition. So he told me what to do. Go to Birmingham and travel out of Pastor Webb's church. And so we, you know, possibly might not have had to go through the whole year of no income if we could have been more open to God doing something different, but had this. So bang me back, you know, God supplied for us that year. I can't tell you how we made it. I can't tell you how we made a house payment. I can't tell you how we made a 600 and something dollar suburban payment. I can't tell you how we fed Eric. Amen. I can't tell you how we put... We fed him. He, he's healthy. I can't tell you how we put clothes on his back. I can't tell you how we paid health insurance. I can't tell you how we did it. Amen? But I'm telling you, if you'll put your... Acknowledge him. You, you know, you can go to college. You can go to college. Of course, you already did it, so it's kind of like... He's already about to graduate, but I was, you know, you can do this by faith. Well, Kevin and Karen have. They have. They literally have. They've just acknowledged him. And you know what the funny thing is? They've, all, they've had more money than the other kids at Stillman, and they've had no... They've acknowledged him. They've sought first the kingdom of God. They hadn't leaned to their own understanding. That doesn't mean they've, ne they've worked when God gave them work to do. Kevin does sewing sometimes. He repairs clothes for, I mean, he's a tailor. Uh, he does alterations and things like that. If somebody needs a coat hemmed or something, he'll do it. Amen. He'll, God will give you natural things to do sometimes. It don't all come with a little bird and a raven, you know. It don't all come in a fish's mouth, but sometimes it does. The other day we went to uh, get my tire changed. Uh, this is kind of a bone of contention about this, but we'll go ahead there. But anyway, we went to get our my tire changed down there by the McDonald's that's right there on Lurleen Wallace Boulevard, right there, that that tire place. And uh, and it's my car. The black car is my car. Amen. The Yukon is his car. And. The man that changed the tire said, look out there now. There's a $100 bill down there in the floorboard. It's about to fall out. Now, he could have stole it. Praise God, he was honest, man. I say it's my $100 bill. What do y'all say? Everybody says, Miss Debbie's $100 bill. Raise your hand. Thank you, Mr. McDaniel. My only friend. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't have a $100 bill. Pastor said he didn't. I don't know where the $100 bill came from. Amen. No, it's not. <laughs> Carter was with us, but Carter, uh, Carter didn't bring it from the Presbyterian daycare, I don't think. Hallelujah. Thank you. So it, things can come supernaturally. I believe that $100 bill came supernaturally. Pastor walked up in front of the church here the other day and picked up a $5 bill. Whose was it? I figured everybody in here would go, it was mine. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So money can come supernaturally. Amen. Money does come supernaturally. Money can multiply. Money can multiply. You know, the old timers knew how to believe for that. We don't know how as much. But Ruth Ward Heflin's mother, you know, they were ministers and uh, back in hard times. And she would be believing God for a certain amount of money to pay a bill. And they would take their offering from their service. 
And, and she would count it. It wouldn't be enough. And she would pray and praise the Lord. And she'd go count it again. And if it hadn't multiplied, she'd go pray and praise the Lord some more. And she'd count it again. And if it still hadn't multiplied, she might fast a meal or two and pray and praise the Lord. And she'd count it again. And you know what would happen? That money eventually would be multiplied. It would be enough. Amen. Lynn Hammond recently, the Holy Ghost spoke to her. And he, she said, he said, I want you to send $1,000 cash to three ministries. And she told her secretary to do it, and the secretary did it. Now, this is she's right this in her newsletter. I've read it recently. And uh, it, it wasn't but a few days till a ministry wrote her back and said, Thank you all for the $3,000. She thought, Oh, my Lord, I hope my secretary didn't misunderstand. So she ran to the secretary. Did you send them $3,000? No, ma'am. I sent each one of them $1,000, just like you said. A few days later, another one called and said, thank you for the, I don't know what it was, but it was more than $1,000. It had multiplied. Amen. See, if we'll quit leaning, we'll start seeing some of the more supernatural things that the old timers knew how to believe God for. But why do we not see them? Because we lean. Because we're real crooked in the spirit realm. We're leaning. Everybody say, lean not. Lean not. Amen. Look at your husband or wife and say, lean not. Look at the person next to you on the other side and say, lean not. Amen. Look at the person next to you and say, you're leaning a little. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Quit leaning, Kevin. I mean, he hadn't been leaning much, but I bet you've been leaning. Don't lean on mama. Don't you dare lean on mama. Eric, you quit leaning on mama too. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, y'all saw him. I've got proof. Sunday after church had his hand out for money for lunch. Don't y'all about I think it's about time for him to grow up? Everybody believes that? Say amen. amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. I'm embarrassing him. Amen. I, I, I sowed it. I'm not, I'm, he's not leaning. I sowed it. Hallelujah. I wanted to go eat Chinese food, and he don't like it. I didn't want to cook, so I paid him off. I bought him. <laughs> amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're going through a transition right now in your job, don't lean. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you're going through a tough time, you'll make it out on the other side. I like what Brother Jesse says. This too shall pass. That's his favorite scripture, he said. This too shall pass. It's to say that with me. This too shall pass. Amen. Whatever you're going through, it's going to pass. One way or another, it's going to pass. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, I remember in Trustful how long the days were. Oh, see, it's tough on the flesh. But you know what? It passed. It passed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Childbirth don't last forever. It passes. I didn't mean that as a pun. <laughs> Amen. It's not going to last forever. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory. What time is it? Mm. Man, I thought we could get through this chapter tonight. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Let's just praise the Lord a minute.
Let, let's think about his goodness. Just think about the double. Wow. <laughs> I just thought about how big the double was. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Mm. 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 Thank you, Lord. Think about how much you made last year and then think about it double. Thank you, Lord. Now, it takes a while sometimes to get there. You know, Keith Moore said, uh, God began to talk to him about a jet. And he said, I think Pastor told this, but he said, uh, you know, at first he could tell it wasn't fitting in his spirit. Have the double until it fits real good in here. And he said he could tell that that jet wasn't fitting. It wasn't fitting at all. But he kept meditating. And one thing he did was start and go looking at jets. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's meditating the Word. And he said pretty soon it was fitting better. But he said he could still tell like one wing of that thing was sticking out of his spirit. It just It's not going to happen until the whole thing's in there. Amen. Sometimes people want to just drive by a car lot and say, yeah, one of those. No, that's not how it works. That's not how... You can name it and claim it, believe it and receive it. Amen. But that's not how it works. You got to get it in on the inside. You got to believe it more than you believe that you're Myron Shires. You got to believe it as much as you know you're Kevin Durham. You got to know it as much as you know your mother. I know it. I know it. I know it. I don't just know it some days. I know it every day. I don't just know it when we have a big faith service and boy, we're all revved up. No, I know it in the dark of the night. I know it when the, I know it when the, the, I got, I went to work Tuesday morning and I had two whaps upside the head. The first one was the church phone bill, $666. I said, it's the mark of the beast. It was the beast. They had not credited us for $375 where we had installed the phone. But I had wrote her name down, the lady that said she would. I was on her. I was like, Whoa. But, you know, you got to know it when you get the mark of the beast letter comes. When the income tax letter comes. you got to know it, you know. And some of us in this room, we got one wing in of our spiritual jet. We got one room of our house in. We got one door of our car in, but the rest of it's hanging out here somewhere. We got $20 of our raise inside of us, but we, need, we don't have that, that $20,000 inside of us yet. Amen? Well, you got to get it in you. You got to get it in you. And you do it. You, you, let me just give you some things. Um, three things. Uh, about wisdom, because we've been talking about wisdom from the book of Proverbs, is first of all, to have wisdom, you've got to acknowledge it. And you've got to acknowledge it according to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, verse 30, that says, Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. If He was made me wisdom, then I'm, I already have wisdom. I, uh, Jesus was made unto me righteousness. When I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, I became righteous. I'll never be more righteous or less righteous. And He became wisdom for you. You have wisdom. So we must acknowledge, the first step to wisdom is we must acknowledge it. First John um, 
chapter 2, verse 20 says, You have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You've got to start acknowledging, i got the Holy Ghost inside of me. And it may not have registered on my brain yet, but I know. Well, where are you going to move? I hadn't registered on my brain yet, but I know. How do you know? Where do you know it? I know it right down here. I know it. Begin to, instead of walking around, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know where we're going to go. I don't know what kind of car I'm going to buy. I don't know. I don't know. How many times have you said, I don't know, in the last week? Oh, dear God. You do know. You do know. You do know. And you need to start acknowledging it. Number two, meditate in wisdom. You know, Joshua 1.8 says that if we will meditate in His Word day and night, then we'll prosper and have good success. So we got to have some meditation time. You know, another word, sometimes meditate is kind of, you know, we get, uh, it's, some people think of it as the yoga meditate, you know, that's not it, and kind of zoning out. That's not it. And then some people, you know, think, oh, I got to go to the Word and I got to, you know, but you know what really meditation is to me is processing i got to have some time. I can't just come to church, get the Word, and, you know, like I go through McDonald's drive through and say, I need three Happy Meals and, you know, get them here quick. And whoop, y'all, y'all, y'all know they're gone. Hallelujah. You know, you're not going to get the things of God like that. Meditate means to process. i got to have some time, and I process, and I sit in my rocking chair. I sit in my swing, and I process. Now, I'm not just sitting there being lazy. I'm processing. I mean, you know, I'm praying in the Spirit. I'm meditating on it. I'm thinking on it. I'm thinking on the promises of God. I'm thanking God for the double. I'm thanking God for whatever it is I believed Him for. I thank you, Lord, for my house or my car. I thank you, Lord, that my steps are ordered by the Lord, and I'm processing. And you know, you may have its favorite chair, but somewhere you got to You can't do this with the TV on. You can't do this with the radio on. You can do it driving if you'll turn the radio off. You can do some processing while you're driving. Amen? Amen? Uh, uh, But, you know, you can't do it with a room full of people. Amen? You're going to have to have some processing time. Eric says, you know, I'll say, well, what have you decided about something? And he'll say, well, I'm marinating. See, you've got to have some marinating time. If this thing's going to turn out right, if you're going to get your airplane inside of you or whatever it is you're believing God for, you've got to process. You've got to marinate. You've got to meditate. Amen? So that's the second step for wisdom. First step was acknowledging. Second step is meditate. And the third step, we kind of talked about this already, is act like you got it. You got to act like you got it. You got to quit walking around acting like you don't have it. Amen? Amen. You know, Brother Hagin said, he taught us this. You know, when he was pastoring, that, you know, he would have a deacon's meeting or whatever because he pastored in denominational churches, so he had deacon boards. Um, And he said, you know, they might have a real crisis in the church, a real problem, and that the deacon board would say, oh, oh, Brother Hagin, what are we going to do? Oh, what are we going to do? And he'd say, this is what he'd say, we're just going to act like the Word of God's true. When you've got a problem, act like the Word of God's true. You know, we got to quit asking ourselves, how do you feel today? Well, do you feel depressed? Do you feel happy today? No, act like the Word of God's true. That's how Pastor and I come to church. We just act like the Word of God's true. 
Do we ever not want to? Absolutely. Do we ever feel too tired? Yeah. Are we ever too sick? Yeah. But do we? what do we do? We act like the Word of God's true because it is. When the finances are not saying what we want them to say, we just act like the Word of God's true. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you think about it, what else can you do? You either got to go forward or you got to back up. You don't have any choice. I've looked many a times at pastoring, in my early years especially, and I've thought, oh God, I, I thought, I can't do this. I can't do this. And then I'd think, but what choice do I have? I, there's no, I can't go back. If I go back, I'll backslide. What can I do? All I can do is go forward. All I can do is press through. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say this with me. I'm not going to let any deferred hope Stop me. Stop me. Amen. I'm going through. I'm going through. Praise God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory. Well, let's stand up together tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.